Hi, my name is Pete Scazzaro. I want to welcome you today to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. Today's theme is seeing the miracle in your limits and loaves. Seeing the limits, seeing the miracle in your limits and loaves. And uh, what's in front of you today? Uh, well, what challenges are you facing? Now, I'm recording this uh, as we just launched into the year 2021 uh, and still find ourselves in the midst of the COVID-19 global pandemic. Uh, which is confronting us with a whole new set of limits. And the needs, of course, uh, are immense, more immense, it seems, than ever before us. Now, there's limits on the church, our mission, travel, the way we did ministry from the past. Uh, There's a challenge of uh, integrating digital uh, ministry along with in-person ministry. Now, as we go into the future, that trend has so accelerated uh, this past year. And of course, we've got the continual uh, explosion and implications of social media and uh, that technology. Then we've got the massive cultural changes going on around us. It's properly been said that the last 30 years have seen more rapid change than the last 5,000 years of recorded history combined. It uh, often feels like it's impossible to keep up with all the information coming at us about changes happening in our world. I mean, how do we make disciples? Uh, in today's age? How do we develop leaders? How do we build healthy communities? How do we mentor uh, the Generation Zs, the teens and folks in their early 20s? How do we mentor our children for everything they are facing and will be facing? I mean, I just read a book uh, this past couple of weeks on remarriage and uh, looking at that 40%, over 40% of marriages taking place are second marriages or third marriages. And uh, and 60% of those fail. And then we got first marriages, which still around 50% of those fail. And what's the impact of this and on our churches and what's going on behind closed doors, et cetera. Then we have the just the challenge of the vast inequities that exist globally between countries, rich and poor, within our countries, the deep divisions of race and class and culture uh, that exists uh again, globally and nationally? And then how do we sustain ourselves? The challenge of how, you know, as, as leaders, as servants of Jesus with all, with the pressure around us, with so much to do, so much to learn, uh, and so little time. Uh, in fact, as more than one pastor has said to me and leader has said to me in the last, uh, you know, few months, if I work 75, 80 hours a week, it's not enough. Uh, and then, of course, there's just the limits of life, and maybe you've been through a loss, uh, a significant loss or an ending this past year, where there's a loss of, of death of someone you know or a role or a dream, uh, and you find yourself, again, with that limit. And, and, so the, the, and so if you're like me, I, you know, although I'm generally an up person, I, I easily drift towards pessimism and discouragement. Now, the only miracle of Jesus that's found in all four Gospels is the feeding of the uh, 5,000. It's so profound. It's so important uh, that it's in each of the four Gospels. Only the resurrection is found in each of the Gospels. Uh, And I believe it's such an important word for us as we launch into this new year. It's such an important word for us always. And so I've been actually pondering and meditating uh, on the two feeding miracles in the Gospel of Mark for the last few weeks, and this theme of moving from fear or scarcity uh, to one of abundance. And again, there's so much depth here in this passage and this whole uh, discipling of Jesus with the 12 around this feeding uh, of the 5,000 and 4,000. 
that I just feel like I'm still just scratching the surface, and I've preached it multiple times. But of course, when you come to a text uh, in your journey with Jesus and in a new situation and context, it always comes to you afresh. And this text, like all texts, is so bottomless. So here we are when, you know, the 12 disciples uh, uh, are, are not that far, we find out, uh, in the Gospel of Mark. They're, they're not that far from the blindness of the outsider crowds who are listening but not really hearing and seeing but not really seeing Jesus. Uh, and then you got the, the, they're not that far from the actually the Pharisees uh, and the scribes and the Herodians and uh, who are, uh, who've got filled with leaven and unbelief. And they're not that far from the, from the town of Nazareth where Jesus came from and their unbelief. Or even his family that thought he was a madman and tried to, you know, you know, seize him at one point. And but the 12 disciples, even though they're with Jesus, uh, they're struggling to understand him and get it and get it. Just like us, uh, they're, they're not seeing Jesus clearly. The realities of, of, the, of their challenges, the enormity of the needs around them uh, and the problems around them distort uh, or obscure their view and understanding of Jesus. And, and it's interesting because the Gospel of Mark was written to a, the Roman Christians, who were under persecution under Nero, they were suffering, and they too were under pressure and, and losing sight and uh, of him. And so this was meant to be a, a word to them about the whole nature of discipleship. It's a great word for us. Uh, now, the 12 disciples, like us, you know, they were called by Jesus and chosen by him and privileged to be with him and to receive great teaching and a share in his ministry going out two by two and that experience is touched just like us. And But yet they have categories of understanding Jesus that are inadequate, that, that don't contain his reality, and and they're missing him and the invitation to, to trust him, to let go. And uh, they're not quite in the realm of the Pharisees and Sadducees who are believing Jesus' power is demonic. Uh, they're totally blind, uh, but they're partially blind, just like us. And so even when we think, you know, God is wise and good and loving and powerful. But when we use that word, good and loving, powerful and wise, what that means in, you know, our understanding of wisdom and love is so, it, the gap between our understanding and God's wisdom is almost infinite in and of itself. In other words, God's wisdom is so much greater than ours. His love is so much greater than we could ever imagine. His power, he, he's God. And so here's the 12, you know, amidst the the, the feedings of the 5,000 or 4,000, uh, struggling uh, uh, and almost becoming like the wilderness generation uh, of Moses uh, and of unbelief and because they're so absorbed in the worries and the obstacles and the problems. And that's the great temptation for us as we move through life. And what's interesting, I want to read to you a portion of this little uh, section of Mark 8, where uh, after the feedings of the 5,000 and 4,000, the disciples are in a boat with Jesus. And there, it says this, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. And Jesus says to them, be careful, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees and that of Herod. And they discussed it and said, well, is he saying this because we have no bread? And Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Don't you see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes to... Uh, but not, but fail to see, and ears, but fail to hear. Don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for five thousand? How many you had left over, basketfuls? And they say twelve. And how about the four thousand? How many baskets of pieces did you have left? Did you have to pick up afterwards? And they said seven. And he says to them, "Do you still not understand?" And it's so amazing. They're in a boat with Jesus, 
and and many commentaries over the last 2,000 years have picked up on this about they have one loaf of bread with them, uh, literally, but actually the loaf is Jesus. But they're worried about not having enough bread, and yet he's the one who's just multiplied uh, loaves and fishes for thousands. And, and uh, they, they, they're, they're receiving teaching from Jesus, but they're not applying it to themselves. It, it's, it's such a theme uh, in the Gospels. And it, they got the facts right, how many baskets were left over, 12 and 7, but they fail. They, they don't get the significance of what happened. They don't see that, that beyond the miracle is the miracle. In other words, the miracle of feedings is one thing, but the miracle of Jesus, they're missing it. They, their categories of, of getting it are just so limited and they can't grasp it. And and so, and so and Jesus is trying to get them to reflect, uh, you know, do you still not understand, to, to, to think about it, to ponder it, and not just look at the surface of the facts of what's going on. That's why our work at EH Discipleship is, is actually to slow you down to reflect uh, for your own discipleship. Because the invitation of Jesus to them is to trust him. They're in a boat. They, don't have, they have one loaf of bread. He says, you've got everything you need. What are you worrying about bread for? And so our invitation to you is to slow down, see Jesus, be a disciple, and out of that, and out of that make disciples and reorient your life, uh, your energy uh, for your own discipleship first, the slow work of that, uh, and then to help others see Jesus, who is more than enough, just his presence alone. He is the miracle in the, in the, in the, in the loaves and the, and the limits. Uh, so again, go to, go to emotionallyhealthy.org uh, and please Look into our free resources there. Look into the EH Discipleship course and learn more for your own discipleship and so you can bring it to other people. There is no greater work than slowing down ourselves and those around us to see Jesus. So again, Jesus says to them, do you, do you still not understand? Because see, Jesus was at, was at work, was at work for the 12 disciples and around them and in the world at that time, just like he's at work in you, in me, and in the world right now. And, and he's saying to them, you can put your total trust in me. Uh, I am the one true loaf. You've got everything you need. Uh, I can relate uh, them not being able to see it. And so Jesus, interesting, because around this whole text, he creates storms as well. And he puts the disciples in the middle of these two storms uh, to reveal himself. And so he creates these situations of such scarcity and crises and storms for a revelation. And that's friends, what he's inviting us to as we move into this new year, wherever you are today, whatever limits you're facing, uh, there is a miracle uh, in, in that. So let me ask you, how do you hear Jesus' words when, when he says to the 12, you know, you give them something to eat, kind of the massive need people have invaded from the cities to, to, to the, a desolate place, a desert place, and to mix of people, thrill seekers and skeptics and wounded and fearful and sick people and true seekers. And um, no question that among those thousands, there are people with bad motives who got there late, but Jesus has compassion. And, and, and the disciples, their first reaction is, you know, send these people away. And they, they pray to Jesus in a way that they're giving orders to Jesus. They're telling him what to do. I get that. And they're upset with Jesus. I mean, Jesus, like, how, why are we in this scarcity situation? They're frustrated. And, you know, it's kind of like, Jesus, your head's in the clouds. Sends these people away. You're, you're teaching them. You're preaching too long. But come on now. It's been days. And, and they're anxious. They're anxious because this is getting worse. And the people are going to start getting nasty, perhaps. And, 
And, uh, you know, Jesus, like, you're not taking control of the situation. You know, it's, this is not like, you know, they can go to the supermarket down, downtown. And so Jesus, they say to Jesus, send these people away. We don't have it to give to them. We've got limits here. We've got scarcity. And, and it's so interesting because Jesus responds back to them. He says, you give them something to eat. And he says that to us. You know, we're saying, Jesus, like, what are you doing? And he says, you give them something to eat. And we're saying, I can't. I, I'm not wise enough. I'm not gifted enough. I don't have the resources to give them. I'm, I'm exhausted. And, and Jesus says, I, I've given you something to do. He says that at 12, I've, I've given you something to do. And now Jesus could have just done it all himself, right? He could have just snapped his fingers and provided the food. God can do it all right now, but he, he chooses servants. He chooses the 12 through whom this feeding is going to take place. Uh, the, the loaves are going to pass through their hands. Uh, and, and he has chosen that his servants, his friends, that's you, that's me, uh, that the miracle of Jesus flows through is to flow through us too. Uh, we're meant to be in the middle of this. And, and uh, you know, I, I say to Jesus all the time, like, I don't have much. And especially when I think of all the time needed, uh, and that the world needs is you. So come on back right now. You know, but he says to me and he says to you and he says to the 12, how many loaves do you have? You know, what do you got? And they go back and they say, well, we've got these five loaves and, you know, and two fish. You know, it's interesting because in the second feeding, it's these barley loaves, food for the poor. Uh, they want Jesus to understand that there are, we have real limits, you know, five loaves, two fishes. We have seven uh, real limited resources. You know, Jesus, let's count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, and they're just discouraged by reality and all they can see is scarcity. And... Uh, Yes, and we get discouraged by reality. Uh, you know, I got, Lord Jesus, I can do a little bit of teaching here and a little bit of leadership. Uh, I've got a little bit of love and generosity in me, a little bit of talents, a little bit of experience, a little bit of personality, right? And uh, whatever your personality might be, introvert, extrovert, detail-oriented, dreamer. But, you know, I'm so limited, Lord. You know, marriage, perhaps kids, singleness, finances, my job or, you know, my limps. So we hold on. And yet Jesus says to us, how many loaves do you have? And the invitation is to come with the gifts you've got and actually combine it perhaps with some other gifts. Uh, and what appears like scarcity is more than enough in the hands of Jesus. And, and that, in other words, I'm, I'm one piece of a larger things God's doing. And so are you. Uh, and uh, so are the 12. And again, so Jesus is saying, you count again. You got seven here. And he puts it in Jesus. Jesus is number eight. And he's, he's the supernatural. He's the dynamite. He's... He is the kingdom of God in the flesh. Uh, and again, the kingdom is, is not showy or flamboyant or big by the world standards. It's, it's this little, right? And uh, our, our little thing, little persons that we are and our little ministry that God put in our hands. Uh, it seems like so little in light of the vastness of the needs around us. And uh, we get so tempted to be protective and uh, stingy. Uh, you know, I said, Jesus, what if I die soon or have a heart attack or can't work again? And, you know, most of us, we have insurance. Then we have insurance on our insurance. Uh, and it's just so easy to live in fear of everything going on around us and miss the, the significance of the miracle of the loaves and that Jesus is here. And we don't need a lot of faith. We just need mustard seed faith, Jesus says. In other words, just, just, just a little bit, like kind of like Jairus who said, I believe, help my unbelief. Just... You know, miracles happen when I 
when I just stay with Jesus and trust him instead of moving into that scarcity thinking and that in Jesus is the miracle. I mean, yes, there's a miracle that happens in the multiplication of loaves and fishes, but do you understand he himself is the miracle and he's right there and uh, everything's okay. And when we see that, uh, you know, in the hands of Jesus, the little loaves become a feast. An entire city is fed. And once we do surrender to Jesus, our little loaves and fishes, uh, do you understand? He just takes it over and he, he does this, you know, in, in, in invisible miracle. What's, I'm always struck by the feedings uh, that Jesus, you know, he breaks the bread, he multiplies it, and the food just kind of keeps multiplying. We don't know if it keeps multiplying out of the hands of Jesus or as the disciples are distributing it. And, but somehow this, it, it's not a pile of food. There's not these big containers or refrigerators. It's an invisible miracle. They keep moving. God keeps giving. You know, how? I mean, how does this miracle work? Uh, I, the crowds probably didn't even fully get it. I mean, it does say they want to make him king after the first feeding. But it's this invisible miracle. It wasn't a snap of the fingers and boom, there was this massive table of food for thousands. But it does say this invisible miracle just started happening. It isn't like that. We, you look back sometimes months or years later or decades later, and you realize, how did that even happen? It's like so many miracles of Jesus are invisible uh, or they're seen by some. The 12 clearly saw it and realized what had happened. And it says they all ate and were satisfied. They were you know, 12 baskets left over and one for each of the 12. And and we think if I give everything I've got, I'll have nothing left over. And God says, no, no, you don't understand. You give what you've I've given you and uh, you'll, your basket will be full when it's left over. You'll, you'll be overflowing. This is not the Old Testament where it's manna for one day at a time. Um, there were never any leftovers of manna. But in, the, in Jesus, in the kingdom of God, there's a superabundance. Uh, he is the Lord of the feast. Uh, Jesus says, I'm going to, there's going to be a lot left over. This thing overflows. It, the whole message of, of the media coming at us is uh, we don't have, we don't have everything we need. Uh, you don't have enough money or your ministry is not big enough. You don't have enough resources or people or enough for your retirement or whatever, enough education or information or wisdom or gifts. And uh, you have so little. And, 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 you know, I think I need so much, right. To, to, to do this work for Jesus. And, I serve him and meet the needs around me. And she says, no, you, you don't get it. Uh, it uh, yes, the, the needs are massive from poverty to racism in the world and your family and friends. But, but you know, what is that among so many? A little bit you've got. And he says, I, I'm, I'm here. Uh, you've got more than enough. Now, if you're like me, the glass is sometimes, again, always half empty. We're re you're a realist. Uh, and uh, it's just so easy to fall into little gratefulness. But you have been given a task that you cannot do. And I want to just uh, lift up to you that incredible truth uh, in launching into 2021 that God takes the little, uh, the little bit of a shepherd's staff of Moses at age 80, and he does mighty miracles in Egypt. He takes the little bit of Gideon, uh, and uh, he one person with his 300 against 135,000 Midianites uh, for a great victory. He takes the little poverty-stricken widow to sustain uh, the prophet Elijah. He takes that little Samson with jawbone of a donkey to slay a thousand Philistines or a Balaam's donkey to teach truth or a little child to teach the apostles humility and kingdom truth or Paul in prison in Philippi and uh, locked in chains. Uh, so little and yet 
great things were happening there in that little prison that we still read about and learn from today. Or he takes a few loaves and fishes and feeds thousands. You know, what's in front of you, it looks like so little. Absolutely. And it's always been that way. You know, one of the things I, I learned the hard way and a long way was that every ministry, every church, every family, regardless of its size, uh, is a fragile ecosystem. Even churches that are, you actually think, well, if our church was just this size, you know, and then, then I got around churches that were 10 or 15,000 or 20,000 people, and in interacting with the senior leadership, realized, oh, uh, this is a fragile ecosystem. Yes, it's always fragile in a sense of God intends it that way, that we're in this position of absolute dependence, much like Jacob, you know, limping and dependent, uh, aware that we're not in control of this thing. In fact, if you think you're in control and you've got a handle on things, uh, you're probably lost right now. But we, we live and follow the Lord of the feast, the Lord God Almighty, Jesus himself. And uh, yes, he intends for us to be in this ecosystem. And the 12 did respond to Jesus, a little bit of faith they had. And, and, and yes, a miracle happened, but they saw a glimpse more of Jesus, the miracle, that there really are miracles waiting to happen in and through you and in and through me and in and through us. Uh, if we'll just give him what we've got and trust him. And the invitation, of course, is to trust and to rest and uh, and then God will take care of it all. And he does perform these miracles. And uh, Jesus says, I'll, I'll take what you have, just trust me. Uh, boy, and, for, uh, and I don't know about you, but I, that's why the most important work you do and the most important work I do every day uh, is to be with Jesus in terms of prayer and scripture. So I surrender to Jesus the little bit I have. Uh, and that's why prayer is the heart of the Christian life. And that's why daily offices of silence and solitude in scripture is so central. And your first job description as a follower of Jesus is to be with him, to position yourself, to see him. Uh, and not just all this massive needs, but to realize, oh, yes, there are enormous needs around you, but I'm abundant, you know, not, not scarce. And uh, don't you see that? I mean, do you realize Jesus deliberately created situations of massive need uh, over and over again to the 12 disciples. He put them into storms, uh, literally sent them into storms uh, where they would be terrified. And why did he do it? To reveal himself. And it's interesting because in, uh, in the second time he sends them into a storm in Mark 6, uh, they're terrified. They're in a panic. They Their faith is at a, a zero. And then Jesus, they see Jesus, they think he's a ghost. He climbs into the boat with them and says, the wind died down. And here's what it says in Mark 6, 52. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. They had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Just in this issue of the loaves has such a link of a soft, open heart versus a hard heart that's unwilling. And Jesus says to them in that storm, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. I mean, he, and he offers them a revelation in the storm. And that's his word to you. And that's his word to me today. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. What I love about Jesus is that he stays with us with our limited understanding 
he keeps working with the 12 disciples over and over again. They're arguing about who's the greatest, right? They're up to the crucifixion, but Jesus stays with them. You know, they abandon him at the cross. Jesus stays with them. He comes after Peter. It's just, he just, he's focusing on discipling and revealing himself to these 12 that they might be a gift to the world. And so he's doing the same with you and he's doing the same with me. And that is the great gift we can give to him is seeing him uh, who is the Lord, who is the miracle himself in the midst of our limits and our few loaves and fishes. Uh, and this is the work of discipleship, to stay with Jesus and to see him. And that's our work at EH Discipleship. Uh, we want to invite you again to move from just making a crowd to actually making disciples. So again, go with, to go to emotionallyhealthy.org, especially slash lead. And uh, check out the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, you know, free materials, the course. And uh, please, and we go into this new year, you want to reorient your life, your time, your energy uh, towards that slow, difficult work of discipleship. uh, So that in the midst of your severe limits, and you've got them just like I do, that you will see him and remember that Jesus is more than enough. He is more than enough. So thank you. And I pray that you might ponder that wonderful miracle of the loaves and the fishes found in all four gospels and uh, that you might see him. And in seeing him, you might receive an abundance from him because he is that abundance and thus give it to others. So God bless everybody. It's been so good to be with you. uh, And you have a wonderful, wonderful day. 